Hello, be beautiful. Welcome to It's Time to Be You, the podcast that helps people pleasers take control and finally put themselves first. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter, and I'm a recovering people pleaser, a certified life coach, and your guide to living life on your terms. And as people pleasers, we are often high achievers, chasing success in order to receive validation, and our worth gets tied up into our achievements. And as you start to recover from people pleasing, you may begin to question your achievements, your career, and whether or not you're on the right path. You may realize that the things you've been chasing aren't actually the things you want. So what do you do? How do you step away from the achievements that you are so known for? How do you carve out the right path for you? Well, to help us see the possibilities, we are joined by Mary Henderson, an internationally recognized personal branding and online business specialist. In this episode, Mary shares her story of how she realized that her successful company wasn't actually what she wanted, why she resigned, and what she did to find out who she really was and what she really wanted. Mary helps us to understand the true meaning of purpose, what our internal inventory is, and the value of true currency in the form of knowledge, wisdom, and skills. This is your life. You are created with unique gifts and have a purpose. Get ready to let go of all the things you should do and all the meaningless accomplishments and start living the life you were meant to live. Mary, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm so excited to talk to you, but first I want to hear from you. Will you tell us just a little bit about yourself and who you are? Hi, Ariel. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm on the other side of the world and it's I'm a day ahead of you. So there you go. That's to start with, uh, to put it all into context. So first of all, I'm a mum of two boys. I live in Melbourne in Australia and I have a business that I run from my home, which is a coaching business. I've had that since 2005. And prior to that, I owned a software company for seven years, which was very successful and servicing the academic sector And then prior to that, I was in the tech industry in corporate. And in 2005, that's when I started my entrepreneurial journey. But today I get to call the things that I can do with ease and grace my vocation. So I help typically industry experts, people that have accumulated 10, 20, 30, 40,000 hours of knowledge, wisdom, and skill set. And I convert that into a brand and also a digital business. So typically I would convert that information and organize it so they can actually have an actual program that they go to market and sell. And yes, and it's the joy of my life. Oh, I love that. And I love that you said that you're doing it with ease and grace. Like that's what we all need to do. That's how we should live our lives with ease and grace and not be so stressed out and just overwhelmed. So I really love that. And I think we're going to get into that a little bit more, but I want to go back to where your entrepreneurial journey started. I know you had a turning point in your life. So will you just tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. And, you know, and I love sharing that story, Ariel, because, you know, I think that when we have a breakthrough, we can only have that breakthrough when we're in deep, deep pain. And, you know, whether we admit it or not, we know in our heart that there's pain and we're not moving and flowing. We're walking up against an uphill battle, which is exactly what was happening to me when I had my software company. So here I am, I have this company, it's turning over seven figures a year. I have this infrastructure, I've got staff, I've got all the things that you would have in a a business, but I hated going to work. Like I really, really 
hated what I had created. And it wasn't that I created a monster in the business. It was that I created a monster in myself and I couldn't cope with that version of me. And so I gave birth as I was giving, well, after three hours after I gave birth to my second son, I just reached out to the side of my bed to grab a lip balm and my business card fell out on the bed. So as I was grabbing my lip balm and putting my business card back into my purse, I grabbed that business card and I looked at it. I was just staring at it, Ariel. And I thought, this little card is defining who I am. That was it. All I said to myself. And it was as though, I don't know, I've got goosebumps actually every time I share this story because yeah. it still feels so real. You know, I picked up that business card and it was as though my entire life appeared in front of me like a super fast PowerPoint presentation. You know, when they, when people say they have a near death experience and they say that they have all these, I felt like that. I've never had a near death experience, but this was something weird. I've never experienced anything like that. So it was just, and in that moment, I'm like, oh my God, my whole life has been a series of labels, label, label, label. You know, now I'm a mother a daughter, a boss, a all these labels. My whole life has been labeled. And I actually just had that massive aha moment. And I knew in that moment that I would resign from my own company. I just knew. I knew that I could never go back. I just couldn't go back. And so anyway, two weeks passed and everything was great with my little baby. And then I had a meeting with my accountant and it was just so weird that I had separated from my body. It was as though my body showed up to the meeting, but my soul was not there. It was just so obvious to me. So I show up at this meeting and my accountant says, oh, wow, you've had an amazing year. You know, we should talk about the next 12 months, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting and I'm hearing these sounds. There were about six people in the room. Everyone's talking, laughing, da, da, da. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm actually, I need to resign from my own company. And they were like, oh, ha, ha, you're just hormonal. You just gave birth to a baby. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I actually need to resign from my own company, like now. And they were like, okay, right. Well, we've never dealt with this situation before. <laughs> we don't really know what to do. And so anyway, it, it, I ended up merging my business with another business. And January of 2012, I took a 12-month sabbatical. I worked with a professor in philosophy from Oxford University. I was really determined to find out who am I? What am I doing here? What is my purpose? What does it mean to be human? I was really confused. And then I also had another mentor who really, really helped me with my emotional body because we don't go there. People don't actually understand the emotional body actually means. So when I merged those two things together, wow, Ariel, in that 12 month, I actually, through that mentoring, that deep committed mentoring, I was able to finally admit, own, and see that the things that I can do with ease and grace is actually my purpose. I had to find a way to turn what the gifts that God had given me in my natural state of being, that it wasn't even a should I, could I, it was I must find a way to convert these into my vocation, which is exactly what I did. And that was in 2015. By the way, In 2012, at the end of 2012, it took me three years to 
build my system and all of the frameworks before I actually launched my coaching business, which was in 2005. So fast forward to 2022, and I've been doing that for seven years very successfully. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I want to go back to... First, you have this very successful company that you got to seven figures and you're like at a point of like, I can't do it anymore. Like, what do you think it was that kind of got you to that point of like, you didn't realize who you were anymore? Because I think I find it so interesting that so often, you know, we see people on like a journey where they have a business and we just think their life is made. And so, especially since it was so successful, you know, for you to just be like, I can't do it anymore. I need to walk away. I'm just kind of like, what kind of led up to that? Well, here's the thing, Ariel, you know, if we're not showing up every single day in our natural state of being, there's going to be an impact. We see this every day. How many people go to a corporate job they hate? How many? (laughs) Most of them. I would say 99%. Exactly. So people go to work because it's a job. They make money and they come home. It's a it's a hamster wheel. So just because I own my own company didn't mean that I was any different. Okay. I actually bought myself a job. Why did I do that? Subconsciously, I was still looking for validation from my parents. Actually, that day in that hospital with that card, what I realized was that. I was looking for my parents' validation still as an adult because I wanted them to say, hey, Mary, we're so proud of you, even though you didn't finish your degree because it was such a big deal in our family. And so I carried that burden for so many years. And what I, what did I do? I bought myself a job, you know, that looked prestigious, that was going to make me look intelligent. But in actual fact, there were only some things in that role that I loved, but everything else I didn't love because it wasn't natural to me. Of course, I'm not going to love it. It's not because it was a bad business decision. I mean, we were making money. You know, I had like a lot of staff. It was, we had great clients, but it, it, but the thing is that I, Mary was not, I was not made to come to this earth to do that. Right. I, that's what I recognize. I was made to come on this earth and do this, what I do now. And so when you you can recognize that, you know, your gifts, your talents and the combination of your learned knowledge and skill in play, what happens is that we then become our natural state. That's, that's where we need to get to. That's where purpose lives. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess take us back to when you then decided to go on this sabbatical and go on this journey. And how did you make these choices to do that, especially after you had just given birth to your second son? I had to, Ariel. I had no other choice. I mean, you know, for me to, I recognized in myself that I was dying on the inside, like I really was. And in actual fact, I was at actually at the lowest point of my life. It was actually a conscious decision. You know, like I also, I also con things. I gave up credit cards. I gave up friends. I gave up social circles. I gave up all these things that I belong to the labels and I gave them all up. I had to give them up. I had to free myself from that hamster wheel as much as I could, because it was all about who am I? How do I raise two children if I don't know who I am? I don't want to show up 
and be the angry lady who was never fulfilled. Like that wasn't going to happen. No way. I wanted to be a role model for my children. I have two boys. I wanted them to look at me and say, that is what a tenacious, you know, woman who is passionate and has found her purpose and is empathetic and loves and blah, blah. I wanted them to see that. But I also wanted them to see that, you know, success doesn't happen overnight. You know, it takes time. You've got to build the empire. And my boys today, they remember that journey. We always talk about it. They acknowledge it. You know, mum, I'm so proud of you. I love that you've, you know, that where you've come. I mean, they, everything's just where is merged into, into one. So I had no choice. I had to find myself. Yeah. And I'm curious because, you know, especially having to move away from like needing that validation and like dropping all these labels that you had been associated with, what was kind of like the outside feedback that you were hearing from other people when you started this journey? People were worried. They were just thinking, where are you? You know, where have you been? Why are you not answering, you know, our text messages, you know, our phone calls? And I just basically had to say, please, I can't be around anyone at this point in my life. I will, you know, come back to you, you know, when when I'm ready. But it was, people were uncertain. My family members were really uncomfortable with it. But you know what, Ariel, for the first time in my life, I didn't want to make other people comfortable because they were uncomfortable. Do you see what I'm saying? I wanted to, I had to honor myself because if you're uncomfortable because I've made a drastic change in my life and it doesn't fit your narrative anymore, well, I can't go back to the person I was to make you feel comfortable. If you can't accept that where I'm heading, that's not going to be my problem. But, you know, what's interesting is 12, fast forward 12 months, you know, and I also realized after that journey that, hang on a minute, I never wanted to be friends with them anyway. Like, that's <laughs> not, I, what was all that about? And right. so it was so cathartic to actually go through that process. And I'm glad that I did because when you can see yourself through a different lens from the standpoint of this is who I want to be. This is the reality I want to live in. This is the life I want to create. These are the type of people I want to surround myself with. When you you can arrive at that, then you start to create that reality bit by bit. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And especially just about, it's not your job to make other people comfortable. And if they are uncomfortable with your growth and what you're doing, and they don't want to arise to the occasion, like those aren't your people. And it's also so funny that you're like, you realize like, I don't even really want to be friends with them. And I think it's happened so easily. We get caught up in life and, you know, trying to keep up with other people or just trying to, you know, be nice and like, oh, I'm going to be friends with you out of like niceness or whatever. But, you know, you really got to get true to yourself and what you want. And then when you honor that, it will come to you. And then those like those people that you want will come into your life. So I just really love that you shared that. A hundred percent. That is absolutely accurate. Yeah. And then, so tell, tell us more about like, what is purpose? What does that mean to you? Oh my God. Well, you know, once upon a time, I used to think that purpose was outside somewhere out in the ether and then I had to go and chase and find it. And I think that that's what self-help really does. It's very dangerous because it's like, oh, you know, you've got to find your purpose. What am I finding? Purpose already lives inside of me. And I truly believe that. Look, I'm a woman of faith. You know, I really do believe that there is a higher intelligence. I call that intelligence God. 
And, you know, through that process, I really understood, you know, somehow what that meant for me, not from a religious standpoint. No, no, no. It was really understanding that I had access to this quantum field. Will you break down what quantum field is? Well, the quantum field for me was very much based on the quantum medicine course that I did. So I wanted to understand more on what am I as a human being and what they talk about, which is very relevant to quantum physics per se. Mm -hmm. But in quantum medicine, they say, where does the dis-ease or the discomfort actually live? Is it in the physical body? Is it in the emotional body? Or is it in the subjective body? Now, let's think about that for a moment. That's three layers that make you up, okay? And I was very interested in that subjective body because the subjective body we can't see and we can't feel, but it's there, okay? So when we see, that's why integrated medicine is so powerful because they don't just look at the, the, the physical body, they're also looking at the emotional as well. So for me, the quantum field in my world is very much tapping into that subjective subjective intelligence that I can't feel, I can't see it, I can't touch it, but I can feel it. I know it's there. And how do I tap into that, that intelligence? It's understanding how to get my heart and my brain in coherence so I can get the machine talking to each other and then I can actually make sense of it all. So for me, the quantum field is asking pragmatic questions and waiting to receive the answer, which by the way, Ariel has never let me down literally. And I kid you not that every complex problem I'm trying to solve, that's exactly my starting point. How do I solve this? Who do I need to meet? Where do I go? Show me the pathway. Show me the answers. Within 24 hours, the answers start to appear. And it's like a domino effect. You pick up one, you're like, oh, go down the rabbit hole. There's another answer and another until I get to the end goal. And I'm like, oh my God, I just found my answer. Yeah. So that intelligence does exist for all of us to tap into. We just need to know how to tap into it. I love that. And so does that also kind of tie into like your tuition and trusting your intuition? I think that we need to understand what it means, what coherence means, and we need to understand how our heart and our brain must connect together in order for that process to, to start. It's it's just like starting a lawnmower. It's, that's the only way I can describe it is that when those two are starting to talk, then you're in a, your frequency, your energy starts to expand, but you're also tapping into, into that field. So we must understand that we're not just as I said before, we're not just a piece of meat on earth. We have to stop looking at ourselves like this. We have to understand that we are powerful machines that is made up of a system. We need to understand how to use that system. And by the way, in that 12-month period, I also did a quantum medicine course at Quantum University because I also wanted to understand what does the quantum field mean? Like, how does it impact my life? So it was through all of this, the philosopher quantum, the emotional body that I started to realize, oh my God, like I'm not just this body. I'm 70 trillion little pixels that actually make up this body. Whoa. You change your whole perspective with how you see yourself. So for me, when I started to realize that, you know, for me, God lives in my heart. My purpose is nothing but the gifts, the talents, that have become a part of my soul print. That's the starting point. Then 
I add another layer on that. What is the knowledge that I've learned? What are the abilities that I've acquired? What are my core traits? What are my core values? And what does my wisdom actually look like today? When I can package all of that and I can see that because that is my internal inventory, Ariel. That is not a book that I read. That is not a mastermind that I attended. That's not me going to some seven-day retreat, walking on coals and coming back and saying, I'm enlightened. I found my purpose. No, no, no. That's outside of you. That's stuff that you're doing outside of you that makes you believe that you're enlightened and now you found your purpose to become a life coach when you're not ever meant to be a life coach. So we have to stop looking at that as nonsense. We have to look at our internal self, what I call your internal inventory that is made up of those building blocks that I just shared. Why do I say that? That is the true currency, Ariel. When we can see our internal inventory as true currency, then we are sitting on a gold mine. It's just that the school system never taught us that currency is also that. They only taught us that currency is dollars and gold or silver, but they they didn't even teach us that. So when we look at our internal inventory as currency, that's when the game changes because that's when you know, hang on a minute, I've got a lot of accumulated knowledge, wisdom, skill set. This is my natural state of being. This is what I can do with ease and grace. These are my natural talents. I need to package that and I need to figure out what problem I can solve and I'm going to take that to market. Now, that is purpose. That's where purpose lives, right in there. When it's not outside of us, it's already inside of us. Yes, I love that. And so, I mean, how can people really like, tap into that part inside of themselves and like find out what their internal inventory is and like, how do they do it? Yes. I think that the first starting point is that, you know, and for me, I'm a tech girl. So naturally an Excel spreadsheet was my go-to or a journal, you know, just look at all of your attributes and start unpacking all of those attributes. You know, what do your gifts actually look like? Like, you know, write them down. If it's cooking, that's a gift. Okay. I want to give you an example. One of my core gifts is my voice. My natural talent was to sing. So my voice has been professionally trained from the age of five. You know, I thought I was going to be a professional singer, but it didn't turn out like that. But hang on a minute. My gift is my voice. It didn't mean God didn't say, Hey, if you just because you I've given you a gift as your voice, it doesn't mean you have to use it to sing. Right. You've got a talent to sing, but it doesn't mean you have to use that gift to sing. You can use that voice for something else. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the unpacking process. This is what it does. And then I was like, hang on a minute. Well, I'm angry because I didn't pursue my career as a singer because my parents wouldn't allow me. So all that built up anger and hate of energy inside of me. I didn't know how to channel that. Hang on a minute. Now I know how to channel it because I don't want to sing. I want to use my voice to create impact in the world, which is what I do today. So look at me. I'm used. That's why podcasts are so natural to me because my voice is my natural state of being. Of course, I'm going to use it. So we have to look at our gifts, not as what we wanted to do, but as an actual asset. That's how we have to look at it. What are you going to do with that asset? So when we can start to journal out and start to break down all the aspects that make up you, that will start to show us a picture and some very fundamental patterns. 
Right. Oh, I love it. And that's such a good example because I think a lot of people, you know, probably had like a big dream of like, you know, I want to be like a famous rock star or something. But, you know, that didn't pan out. But it's like you still have that gift. Yes. Let's see how else we can use it. And the fact of like seeing your gift as like as an actual gift that other people may not have. I think that's a huge thing that, you know, you mentioned cooking and that that could be used for something. Whereas a lot of times people just think like, I mean, I like to cook, but what am I going to do with that? Like they don't actually see like other people might need that in a way that you can like bring to the table. Well, the thing is on that cooking idea, you know, well, there's so many different, you know, variations of that. Okay. Well, what skills are you learning in cooking? I mean, look at, we have to break it down like that. Don't look at cooking as face value. What skills are you learning from cooking? Or alternatively, hang on a minute, could I turn this into a YouTube channel? Could that be a business vocation? We have to think different. The problem is that we're stuck in these little squares and we're thinking so limiting like little people when in actual fact that is not how we're designed to be. We're not designed to think small. We're designed to think big. Why do I say that? Because we've been given a faculty called imagination that allows us to think big. So let's use it. That's what it's there for. So I think that that's where we've got to break things down into micro nano pieces and make sense of that information. Yeah. Oh, I I love that a lot. And I'm curious because you mentioned when you had first gotten into coaching that it took a while for you to build kind of like your your program. Will you take us back to, I guess, that and like what what is the program that you kind of offer now? I, for me, coaching is a, you know, a really serious business because you're working with humans. And so for me to just offer something that everyone else has was not going to cut it for me. You know, I build systems essentially. That's my genius zone. You know, people can come to me, they can throw me all of their knowledge and wisdom of 20, 30 years, and I can make sense of that data and turn that into an actual system, which becomes their program. And there's a very big difference between designing a course and designing a program. So when you have a systems approach, it has to be uh, structured in a way that makes sense to not me, to the end user. So, and because I'm a, a tech person, you know, we built an entire SaaS platform around it. There's there's software that we take people through for the personal branding component because I want to work with information that is the truth. I don't want to work with people who say, yes, I want to be like Oprah and I want to be like da-da-da. I'm like, uh, okay. I can't get access Oprah. I don't know what Oprah's gifts are. I don't know what her her natural state of being looks like. So what about if we focus just on you? And people were starting to give me all this, you know, if I knew that people would say, you know, I want to be like this. I want to be like this. No, I just want you to be you. It's yes. I, that's the only inventory I'm after. So I had to find a way to be able to capture that in a way that was going to be the absolute core truth, because then I can do something with that when it's the truth. That's the starting point. So that took a while to build. And then of course, all of the frameworks to support that, because when I, I wanted to build a system that when people work with me, that it was all about implementation because nothing happens without action, correct? Yes. Nothing happens without action. So my program is 100% action-driven. It's all about implementation. It's not about sitting there thinking, hoping for the best. You are moving 
every day towards that end goal because I need to fulfill my promise. And the only way that I can do that is to make people move to that end promise so that at the end of their journey with me, they have a real business infrastructure where they have strategies in place that they're implementing because I want them to commercialize. I don't want them to sit there and go, okay, what do I do now? They know exactly what they need to do. They have a plan. Everything's planned out. It's all strategic and deliberate. So that's why it took me so long to do that because I wanted to be the standout coach. Yes. Oh, I I really like that. And especially that you focus on implementation because I think so often, I mean, and I know that I struggle with it myself of like, I just, I think about it and then I think about it <laughs> and like, that doesn't do you any good and you get stuck on that analysis paralysis, but actually, you know, taking that information and acting on it, like that's the key that's going to move you forward and keep you going. hundred percent, hundred percent, Ariel. And so, and I love that you, you know, when you were working with your clients, like the focus is them and you know I'm all about like it's important to be yourself that's that's all we can be so I want to know like how has being yourself impacted your success oh my god it's freedom I have to say it's the only way I can describe that when you can fall in love with a person that you're staring at in the mirror is so, so cathartic because, you know, I don't want to be like anyone else. I love who I am. I love the, the everything that God's given me, you know, my cellulite and the lines under my eyes, I embrace it all because, you know, I don't look at myself as this piece of meat that are in front of the mirror. I see myself as 70 trillion cells looking back at me. Do you realize that each cell also has every organ in each each cell. I mean, that to me is like ridiculous. I just can't, I can't fathom that. The other thing is that, you know, we are powerful people when we understand how to use our body, our brain, our heart, our mind. When we start to understand the function and the power of those faculties that we've been given, it is very, very powerful. That's number one. Number two is I love showing up in the world as Mary Henderson, I don't want to be anyone else. Everything that I stand for is articulated in the language I use on my posts, you know, on social media, on podcast interviews, on my website, keynotes, panel discussions. There's no disconnect because I'm so certain of what I do. I'm so certain of who I serve and I'm so certain of what I promise. And that's it. I don't want to be anything else outside of the gifts that I've been given. And of course, just be a really, really good person in the world that, you know, that brings goodness. And I don't want anything else. That's me in a nutshell. Yeah, I love it. And I love that because you are so certain of who you are, like the confidence that you have, you just like exude this confidence and it's because you know who you are. So I just, I really love that. Thank you. And so where can people like connect with you and find you? Oh, absolutely. Connect with me on Facebook, uh, Mary Henderson Coaching. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Mary Henderson Coaching with a pink circle around my face. Connect with me via email. Just send me an email, mary at maryhendersoncoaching.com. I love that. And I'll put all of that in the show notes that people can find you and connect with you and reach out. And what message do you really want to leave with people today? 
please, please, please understand that you are sitting on a gold mine. I cannot stress this enough. If you were to take your internal inventory and look at your knowledge, wisdom, and skills as hours that you have dedicated to your specialization and multiply that by worst case scenario, $100 an hour, you will see for yourself that you are sitting on millions of dollars of a gold mine. That is currency, that is inventory, and you can do something with that. Yes. Oh, that is so powerful. And I love that that's available for everyone. We just got to tap into what that is. Yes, 100%. (laughs) Well, Mary, thank you so much. Thank you, Ariel. Thank you for having me. So I know that we may not all be able to take a 12-month sabbatical to find out who we are, but that doesn't mean that we are stuck. We can take small steps to become more self-aware, find our purpose, and learn what our true gifts are. And if you're ready to turn your knowledge, wisdom, and skills into currency, I hope that you connect with Mary on social media at Mary Henderson or send her an email and all of those links are in the show notes. And as we talked about, as you start finding out who you are, you may need to take a break or let go of some of the people that don't understand what you're doing. So come join us in the free It's Time to Be You Facebook community, where you'll be surrounded by other people that are on the same journey and understand what you're going through and what you're trying to do. So just click on the link in the show notes and we would love to have you. It's time to uncover who you truly are. It's time to stop hiding your gifts. It's time to find your purpose. It is time to be you.